Hello friends and welcome to your midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. If you did catch Watson moving his microphone around, I apologise for that. I said I'd press record. He immediately picked up his microphone and started slamming it on the desk, as only Watson can. Um, I'm Mark Heath. It's only been a day since we last spoke, but friends, we've got a midweek pod to bring you and I've got two of the best Kings that money can buy. And let me tell you, it takes a lot of money to buy this King, Mike Bacon. How are you? Well, thank you very much, Heathy. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, yes, twice in twice in three days. That's uh, that's extraordinary. And uh, well, you've you've obviously <laughs> you've obviously got the money from somewhere. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll uh, I'll take it all. Thanks very much. You bloody will as well. Don't you worry yeah. about it. Um, Watto, you're significantly cheaper than than Bacon to get on this podcast, um, which is why we have you on quite a lot and Bacon not so much. How are you? Yeah, impoverished, but but full of spirit. <laughs> there's a great tag there. that, that could be the pod the pod tag as a whole uh friends as i say it's only been a day since we since we last spoke to you really with that that delayed tuesday pod we have to bring you our midweek pod looking ahead to cheltenham and all things that have happened since we last spoke plus a goodly slice of mailbag we have to start though Stu, with with some news that broke last night um we talked about it on monday's excuse me tuesday's show wesley james burns and the Wales squad turns out he's not going to qatar um, which I, I mean, I guess he was an outside shot, wasn't he? I know I was watching the coverage last night and not one mention of him was made in terms of being someone who was unlucky to miss out. So he's very much on the fringes, but now we know he won't be going. Your thoughts? Disappointed for him first and foremost, because every young boy dreams of playing at a world cup as controversial as this world cup is. This was his only chance to, to go there. And probably a year or so ago, he would, would never have thought of, it being an opportunity, but off the back of last season, getting into the squad for the first time, he'd be thinking, oh, I could go to a World Cup. And maybe that's been playing on his mind for the last few months, possibly. I think it's good now that, you know, for him and for Ipswich that, that we can draw a line under this. It's a shame for him that he's not going. Mm. Um, but hopefully it will, uh, you know, free him mentally now to to really sort of commit and and take his form to another level for Ipswich Town. Yeah, you know, you, you I say you know Wes. You've obviously interviewed Wes. You know, you know him as a, as a character. Is he the sort of guy who will kind of bounce back from this? It will clearly be a blow for him individually, um, but but good thing for Town. Is he the kind of character who will take this as as motivation fuel for the fire? Do you think? I think so. From my from my limited interactions with him, Andy spoke to him after the game on on Monday night. And he was none the wiser as to whether he was in, when he would find out or anything like that. Um, but he seemed to be quite um, sanguine about you know, whether it would or, or would not happen. Um, I'm sure you know he, what you say publicly and what you're thinking about privately about it is a little bit different. But I think he's someone that will, will just kind of go, OK, all right, it's done now. Um, we, we crack on, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine. He's from he's he's a, he's a well-rounded, grounded young man from uh, from my my experiences with Wes and his family and the people that are around him. So, uh, I think I think it will be good now just to to get some clarification on that because he's had uh, after a really really good debut season, he's been a bit more up and down this season um maybe this will help him sort of rediscover that that consistency and those those performance highs that we got used to Mm. 
chef's kiss for the use of the term sanguine, by the way, Watson. Straight to the top of the class for today's show. Uh, Mickey, you obviously use terms like that all the time when you're writing your novels. Um, Wes Burns will be at town over this, the, the packed festive schedule. That has to be a good thing, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Um, he's going to be, of course, he's going to be a tad disappointed going to the, going to a World Cup is a is the pinnacle, isn't it, of a player? I mean, when you're playing under eight football for under nine football, under ten football, going at the academies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to say you'd be a, you know, playing in a World Cup finals is uh, is is what it's all about. But yeah, I think um, I, I had a feeling he wouldn't go. I don't know. I think it's probably his last couple of internationals. I didn't think he even got on, did he? In in, in a couple of friendlies. So I, I think he was always on the edge. Um, he, he'll bounce. He'll just get on with it. He'll crack on with it. He's got a lot to. He's with a. He's with a club. Obviously, he's with Ipswich Town. We've got so much to go for, and uh, you know, and a great. It's nice. It's a mid-table sort of floundering, not doing much, and that's going to be. He's got. He's got a lot on his plate, as all Ipswich Town players have. Um, I'm, I'm selfishly pleased he's not going. I suppose if you want to put it that way, as a, as, a, as someone who, who likes Wes Burns a lot and thinks he's got a lot to offer. I think a lot, a lot to offer Ipswich Town Football Club has done since he's been here. Um, yeah, his season's been a little bit up and down, perhaps not as, quite the highest as, as Stu said of last season yet, but has this been playing on his mind? May have been. Um, but look, it, it's over now. And anyway, who Qatar 2022, I mean, it's, no one's going to remember it anyway. And, you know, like we all do the other big ones. So um, he's not missing out on a, on a great World Cup, is he? Absolute nonsense, Mike. Don't get me started. Um, no. Someone we will we will miss, and we ha- we did miss at the start, but has now actually joined us. Um, Roscoe, I've seen, has come jumping into the fray. Young Rossi. <laughs> How are you, old friend? I I, I, I surmise, Ross, when I sent out the message this morning about what time we're going to pod, and I sent out some details about it, I got a reply from you that said, do you need me for the pod? Um, to which I replied, yes, please. So I'm surmising from that, Ross, at that point you were still in bed. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, just, oh, yeah, I, I can. I know, I surprised to you all and surprised to all the listeners, but no, I was just um, middle of doing some personal stuff, um, and then, yeah. No, 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 okay, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, please, well, please, you finish that personal stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, ex- excellent. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm better late than never, Rossi. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Ross, it's good that you've joined us, actually, because we need you to, to sort something out for us, which you, you are best placed to do. After Tuesday's show, um, a lot of the feedback, the stuff that we didn't talk about, was fish-related the fan that Kane and, and Carl mentioned on our, our preview show last week, who was going to be standing behind the town keeper and chanting at him the whole game. Um, Andy's bet was that he would have some impact on the game. Now, I I, I don't think he did. Uh, and you're the only man who met him. You tried to get him on camera, didn't you? Mm, no, I didn't meet him. I just messaged him privately on uh, Twitter. Okay. Right. Um, and yeah, maybe I should have replied back saying oh can i still meet you but i didn't but i didn't really hear like any you know bloke you know shout or anything you know there wasn't much bracknell shouting or anything like the only person i met who looked you know crazy was the guy who was in the red and black but he, he was great great in lad. my mind that was what yeah. fish was going to look like yeah when exactly. i saw yeah. when i saw that guy entering the ground i thought that's that's got to be fish yeah um but it wasn't but we're, it's not fish no okay just Guy called Rob, he just you know, loves Bracknell. He goes home and away, just loves it. Fish did not want to be filmed though. That's correct, isn't it? You, you yeah, approached him because we wanted to. We wanted to get him on game day, obviously after that chat. That we yeah. Um, so I'm saying I'm ruling it now. Contentious fish panel. He played no part in the game, which I think means Andy's lost the princely sum of a tenner. 
on that on that bet. So he won't he won't be too disappointed. He's still got lots of money to play with. Ross, you went on the show on Tuesday. You were on a, a well earned day off. Just very briefly, you, you were our man on the ground, as it were. I know everyone was on the ground on on Tuesday. Um, but what, what was that experience like for you? Because the game day, I've got to say, I thought was excellent. You really captured the kind of atmosphere and the and the mood around the game really well. Yeah, it was, you know, as I said, unique game day, unique, you know, one-of-a-kind game, you know. Stu Smith, who mentioned it, like, you watch those games on TV as, like, you know, just a regular viewer. You're actually never involved in, like, a non-league team versus a League One team or Football League team. So, to actually arrive, we got there very early. Me and Hutchie and Warren Page, our photography, we got there so early. And, like, we were there about four o'clock. And we're, like, thinking, kickoff's not until, like, 7.45. So just like, yeah, just walking around this non-league ground. Um, of course, I had a good sausage, German sausage. Had some chips as well. Of um, Spent a lot of money on that. Probably more <laughs> than I need to buy for a sausage. But no, it was, it was just, you know, it just, everything was building up. You know, the fans were coming in. Um, You've already mentioned the away end bit. It was just all full of mud. I was like, I'm not walking in that. Um, but also, I got really muddy anyway. Pitch side, you know, every corner of the ground was just slush. But then the pitch yeah. itself was nice. But just, I loved, yeah, that that was just a one-of-a-kind evening. Um, you know, all the fans were up close, you know, said that you could touch the goal at one end. Um, but, yeah, and it was great to see Ian Wright, Darren Bent and all that stuff as well. Um, and, yeah, the boys got the, you know, got the job done. Professional performance, three goals. You know, there was one moment thinking, ooh, could they? Could there be a shock on the cards here? But, no, it wasn't going to happen. But, no, nah, very, I was pleased I was there. and It was a good night all round. Excellent. Right then, friends. Um, in terms of stuff we're going to do today, we've covered Wes Burns, we've covered Ross and the fish debate. We're now going to dive headfirst into a big old helping of mailbag before we finish, obviously, with a look at Cheltenham. A lot of good questions today um, from the KOA Army, so I want to get through as many as we can. I'm going to start in time-honoured fashion with a non-football question. Um, and I'm going to start, because we've already talked about the World Cup, and I'm going to start with you, Mike, because you have the, uh, the most experienced you're the, uh, the most mature of us, shall we say. Mm. Mullet, our old friend Mullet, the, one of the very few people I saw backing my side of the pizza row, Stewie, Mullet, a man with clearly with taste, um, says, if you could be at one past World Cup game, what are you picking and why? He says, for me, it would be Holland versus Argentina in 1998 for me to see that Burkamp goal, of course, that tremendous goal that Dennis Burkamp scored. Um, so you've got, you've got more World Cups, I would suggest, than we have to, to pick from. Mike, that you would have seen. If you could be at any game from any of those World Cups you, you were fortunate enough to watch, what would it be and why? Uh, well, you're right, Heathy. I have seen more World Cups than probably all of you put together, to be perfectly honest, but not quite as far back as 1966, you'll be pleased to know. So I don't mm. quite go back that far. However, there was one, actually, it's actually a World Cup, not necessarily a game where I can pick one game, but an actual World Cup that I thoroughly enjoyed. And before probably, I don't know if all of you, anyone born before 1986? Was I? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You were, Stewie? No, right, okay. Unbelievable, Mike, these youngsters. Argentina, 1986, Diego Maradona, the Diego Maradona World Cup. That guy single-handedly won the World Cup. And when I hear people talk about Mr. Messi and Mr. Ronaldo and trying to even put them in the same terms or same light as Diego Maradona, it is ridiculous. Maradona single-handedly won Argentina the World Cup. And, of course, that game where he dribbled past the whole England team from the halfway line, which we've all seen that goal. Outstanding. Mm. I mean, the most outstanding goal we've ever seen. 
He'd already helped Napoli to, or was about to help Napoli to win titles in Italy. But that World Cup, 1986, I'd have loved to have been there. I think it was a ticker tape as well. I think it was a ticker tape World Cup. I can't remember this one. I think it might have been the one. Anyhow, I'd love to have been there. The England game, maybe. Well, no, a bit of a disappointing, the England game. But I, I didn't want to, the, the hacks of the whole thing, the Maradona World Cup of 1986. I know it was the hand of God and all that sort of stuff, but wow. If you, if you were at that game, it was Mexico, wasn't it, 1986? If, if you were at that game, England versus Argentina, you would have seen probably the most talked about goal, certainly in English football history, yeah. maybe outside of Jeff Hurst. And you also would have seen one of the greatest goals ever scored in football full stop, which was Maradona's other goal that day. And you're right, Mike, Maradona, in his pomp, and it may not, it may go over people's heads now a bit a bit younger, but he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Hmm. At, the, he at the peak he, of his powers, he, he was an extraordinary player. Yeah. I mean, he, like I said, he, he was at Barcelona, then he came to Napoli, and Napoli had done nothing in well, not nothing. They'd done very little in the Italian league for many many years, for decades, and he single handedly won them. The, I think they won the title twice while he was there. The stadium's now called the Maradona Stadium or something, I think, at Napoli. But what he did for Argentina. To win, I mean, as I said, you know, for one player to be so influential in a World Cup finals, mm. uh, it was extraordinary. So when we sat there game after game watching, I mean, I was sitting there watching the match, and every time Argentina came on and there was Maradona, you just thought, this guy's just going to. And sure enough, game after game, he just, he, he eventually won that. It's tremendous. What a I great player. To, I was saying to you yesterday, there's a really good documentary on Maradona, if you've not watched it. I think yeah. it's on Prime, which is about his time, his whole career, but it, there's a really interesting bit about his time at Napoli, isn't there? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't realise there was that whole kind of mafia involvement and how he became almost a pawn in that. And it was a very, very difficult time in his life generally, let alone mm. his, his football career. Very worth, very much worth watching. Um, Stewie, you're slightly more of my age, um, although clearly significantly younger. Um, what World Cup game would you would you pick if you could be at any one that you've seen? Can I go back to... England v Brazil 2002 and can I be behind David Seaman's goal and just, <laughs> With that, yeah. just yeah don't get lobbed yeah um I would tell him that I was heartbroken after that game I kicked off at like seven in the morning didn't oh, it? um yeah that was a, that was a terrible world cup for watching when it took the lead through Michael Owen was that yeah. right in that game um yeah. yeah I'll do that I'll give give David Seaman a shout where, where, where was that Japan that world cup yeah yeah I remember getting up South at like Korea. I remember getting up at like half six in the morning to watch England draw nil-nil with Nigeria and wondering what I was doing with my life. <laughs> so you, you go for that one. Rossi, I've, I've got some very strong thoughts on mine, but how about you? you? You've seen by far the fewest World Cups of us all. Yeah. Which one would you pick? I think the first one was 2002, but I was still very young. Oh, just... get out. Yeah, I'm sorry. And as I said, <laughs> I've shown that picture of me with a mohawk. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. To share that. Yeah. We need to yeah, share that at some point. I don't think I'll have time yeah. to do it now, but we'll definitely show that at some point. What would you say, okay. Rossi? Um, I'm going for the moment. Like It's a very controversial moment, but Zidane... <coughs> losing my voice here. Zidane... The final. Yeah, the final. Sort of headbutting his chest. You know? yeah. Of course, a penalty, penalty shootout. You can't, you can't beat a penalty shootout, can you, at a final? Um, it wasn't the most memorable final, but that's only memorable because of the Zidane you know, headbutt and everything. But yeah... yeah. That, that game and of course that was the last time he played professional football so yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna get sent off make sure you you really get sent <laughs> off and he, he was not messing around was he <laughs> um for me the the i suppose a lot of people around my age which is 40-ish um would would probably say the same world cup um which kind of switched them on to football as a whole 
Um, and I was just in my kind of first throes of passion with football when Italia 90 came around and England out of the blue got to the semi-final and Peter Shilton, who was my one of my very first footballing heroes, obviously in goal. Mark Wright, who played for Derby County, was in that team as well. Um, and if you look back now, the games actually weren't that good. Um, but as a youngster watching that World Cup, it was tremendous. So I'd probably say uh, either that game against Germany, West West Germany as it was at the time, and, and the Gaza tears and all that kind of stuff, um, or the game against Cameroon. England played Cameroon, I think it was in the quarterfinals, with Roger Miller, who was obviously one of the stars of that World Cup. Uh, and that was a really, really good game. So I'd probably go and watch that one. Um, but that's the only time in my whole school life that we had uh, a football-themed assembly uh, the next day after we'd lost to West Germany in the semi-final and Gazza had cried and uh, we had our very, very stern headmistress sat us all down and told us how it's important you're not ashamed of your emotions. Um, and Gazza crying was nothing to be embarrassed about. He just cared so much. Um, so, yeah, I remember that that big time. And I, I'm sure a lot of people say Italian 90 because... That was a, a seminal World Cup for people of my vintage. Right then, that's a good question from Mullet. Let's do a football one. Uh, where are we? There's a good one here. Uh, Richard Lee, Stewie, you might as well take this one. I think it's football. Do you think there's a chance Ipswich may look at loaning out Humphreys in January with Evans and Kamara returning to fitness and cup games likely to thin out? It's a good opportunity for a short-term loan to boost game time. And if so, what level slash team do you think you'd be looking at? Uh, I don't think they will loan him out. I think they'll take the more of the Man City, Phil Foden route of a very talented young player, keep him in, him in-house. And I think Andy made the point in a recent podcast, I can't remember if it was on here or just privately, but it was talking about if he stays in-house, you're bringing him up to the standards of the players around him rather than sending him out to... It would have to be probably a level down or, or certainly lower down in this division. Uh, you know, I don't, you could say that he can go there and try and be a player that can lead standards and things like that. But I just think that he's done enough in these last few games, Port Vale, BFA Cup game, that um, that he'll be he'll be staying at Ipswich and 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 really sort of pushing pushing the others. Um, that, that's how I see it panning out. I mean, he's, what, what a player. He's, um, I think it's a, a matter of when, not if, he breaks into this team, whether it's this season, whether it's next season. But mm. um, it just impresses me more and more every game. Do you see him as different then to the likes of like Wolfenden and, and Downs and, and Darbo and, and people like that who've gone away on loan to come back and be better, the finished article, get those scars in, in League Two, whatever? Do you see Humphreys as almost a, a different case to them potentially i think <clears throat> i think there's a big difference i think positionally it's different for lone players i think center halves tend to ex like elkin baggett going out at the moment wolfenden that sometimes need to go down and just get those 40 plus games and, and get sort of match hardened a little bit to competitive football i think that's a little bit different maybe sometimes to more more attacking players I think the fact that Ipswich are in a good place right now, Humphreys is part of a, a well-functioning, high-morale squad. You know, if if Ipswich were sort of treading water a bit in the Championship and Humphreys wasn't really around it, and you think, is it could it do him more harm than good? Dropping him into a team that's struggling um, would be a stronger case for a loan, but that's not the case with Ipswich right now. So 
We'll see. Let's see how they do in the cups as well. We hope we hope that they'll go sort of really deep in in the Papa Johns and that the FA Cup might go on for a, for a few more rounds. Um, and then and and injuries can happen at any moment. You see what's happened with with Lee Evans. Kamara's going to take a little while to get up to speed. I, I I think I think he'll stick about for the second half of the season. Who was it, boys, that picked Cameron Humphreys as the surprise package of the season? Oh, that's right. It was me. Ah, just get that in there. Um, Mike, this is a good one for you, again, given your vintage. Andy wants to know, what's the funniest thing you've ever witnessed in a press box slash area? You've been in hundreds, if not thousands, I would say, of press boxes over your long and distinguished sports career, Mike. What's the funniest thing you've seen within that inner sanctum? Um, well, there's a couple of there's a couple of incidents spring to mind. Um, one one was actually at uh, it was actually wasn't an Ipswich Town game. It was uh, an FA Vars final um, at Birmingham City's Old St Andrews Ground when I was in the press box, and um, I was sitting. Uh, in, it was me actually involved in this. I was actually sitting in the uh, in the area here, and I was sort of stuck behind two people in front of me who were who were sort of quite big and I couldn't really and it was ridiculous because hardly anybody in the press box so I decided to go to the end of the press box and I, there's a guy standing on the end and I said to him because I want to move you see basically so I got up and I thought I'll go and move at the front because you get right there so I said hmm. to him I said excuse me I said do you work here and he had DG on his uh, lapel uh, David Gold um, and, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't recognise him, and uh, he was the owner. And uh, <laughs> it was Sullivan and Gold were the owners, and he just looked yeah. at me. But as soon as he looked at me, I saw his grey hair. And I thought, "Oh God, it's David Gold." And he looked and said, "Yes." He said, "Yes, I, I do work here." And I went, "Is it all right if I sit?" And he said, I, I thought, "What a stupid!" I don't know why I'm even asking him this question. So. It was a bit of a Amazing. personal thing, Rick. I always remember feeling completely an idiot. It was, it was hardly anybody in the press box. I don't know, I don't know why I felt I had to move, but yeah. I, just, I just felt that. I just, I love that. I love that that image of you just marching up to gold. He was standing on. He was standing on the edge, just looking across at the few people in the yeah. press box, and he just and I just, I, yeah, I just, just said, "Do you work here?" <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, uh, Stu, if you, oh, can you match that? Have you have you seen anything? To, to rival that in your time you've i mean you spent quite a few years in press boxes yourself i see a lot of um a lot of fans absolutely losing their minds which is always quite amusing it never ceases to amaze me how much emotionally grown men can absolutely lose it at football matches um turning around uh shouting at us if they've heard that you're from from the Nipswich persuasion, I've seen people frothing at the mouth, punching punching wooden boards that in front of us, just complete completely losing it. So um, was it was it you that was love. it you or Hutchie told me that, that there's some grounds where where fans actually encroach on the press area? And was it Millwall or someone told me that they were either throwing most things of or them, most pun- of them punching but, your well, desk or moving your notebook or. That kind yeah, of stuff. that's that's yeah, that's I can't. Yeah, there's a few different places that that's happened at. Bournemouth, Bournemouth was quite an interesting one one year because the press box were kind of is in between the home and the away fans, and it got a little bit heated in that game. I think Tyrone Mings had, had smashed into somebody, and it was getting a bit heated. And uh, there was actual sort of uh, projectiles sort of going whoop, over one way over the press box, over the other <laughs> way, sort of <laughs> waiting for something to sort of fall on top of us, but. Yeah. Excellent. Can't match Mike's. I shall forever remember Mike demanding to know if David Gould worked at Birmingham. Um, <laughs> right then, Roscoe, 
One for you. ITFC Jenks wants to know, do you think January, and there are a few questions around this, but this is the, the one that I've taken. Do you think in January we need a Marcus Stewart style addition to keep up promotion momentum? This will be a big narrative going into that transfer window, I reckon. Do town need to sign a fox in the box like Marcus Stewart? What are you saying, Rossi? Hmm. Good question. Very good question indeed. Uh, do you know what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think Ladapo is going to still score us the goals, and I think everyone's going to share about. But yeah, maybe just that that final sort of piece in the jigsaw, just to fire us to where we need to be, top two, League One title. So it needs to be the right player, though. Um, and yeah, it could be someone who you know promotion rival or you know someone who scored goals this division. Um, I just hope it's not like you know someone, you know who has scored a few goals, but probably isn't going to be good enough. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd like it. But it's not, you know, if it doesn't happen, I won't be disappointed. But, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up now. But, yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> but I think in, in summation, I think you're saying yes, Ross. I yes. Think that's, yes. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mike, you were nodding along. Obviously, you were you were there when, when Town signed the original Marcus Stewart um, and helped him write his column, etc. We talked about that. How about now, though? Freddie Ladapo's up there on, on eight goals. Mm. You wrote your column this week around... Will McKenna play pretty Dapo every game now? Um, do they need to to make an addition in that part of the pitch? Do you reckon in January? I think I think it's I think it's a little I think it's a real 50-50, to be honest. I mean, of course, if you get the right person, you've got to have to you have to spend some money to get the right person. Um, and then you've got to think of team morale, team spirit. Stuart just implied about Humphreys and how he's part of the squad. And you know, you've got to remember where Ipswich are the second the table. Um, I know Ipswich Town back then were were playoff rounds, but they you know they signed a striker from another playoff team. Um, so Ipswich, if they did sign someone, we're going to have to sign you know like Stuart was with Huddersfield. So Town Town have to look at a, a striker in a quite high up or even the low Championship. I, my personal opinion is no. If you want the straight answer, the question is no. I don't think they will sign somebody in the January transfer window. Would you agree, Stu? Uh. <clears throat> They're in a position to make a statement signing, aren't they? If you if they're in a good position, you look back to 2014-15 and, and there's regrets, isn't there, that you didn't that Ipswich didn't strengthen from a position of strength. Um, I think I think they will try and do some business. It will be Sam Williams, the new recruitment guy's kind of first proper transfer window. I'm sure they've got a list of targets. And there'll be ambitious targets, as, as the guys have said. They've got to be players that can come in and think, yeah, they are a genuine upgrade. Could Ipswich go and do something like get Johnson Clark Harris off of Peterborough as he enters the last 18 months of his contract, for example? That that would be the equivalent of going and getting Marcus Stewart off of Huddersfield hmm. that season. Could they go and get... I'm plucking names out of thin air. Scott Twine on loan and getting back down to to League One. I think he's been injured at Burnley. That's the reason he's not been playing. But Burnley are going well if he's just coming back from injury. Could you go and do something like that that makes everyone sit up and go, wow, um, that's the type of signing I want to see Ipswich make rather than just kind of bulking the squad out a little bit. But it it would be at that top end of the pitch. But there'll, there'll be players coming back from injury as well. Luco hopefully back in the new year. Greg Lee coming back in the new year as well. So it's it's a balancing act, isn't it, between sort of upgrading the squad but maintaining that really good mm. squad unity at the moment that, that Ipswich have got. And it had me, of course, coming back as well, a striker. Yeah. Um, so in, in summation, I think you're saying, yes, if it's an impact, big name, 
you know, kind of look at our sort of signing. Um, right then, stick with you for this one, Stu, and keep this uh, keep this civilized because uh, it's a family show. The baller that's Ben Diath wants to know with Andy's lavatory comments in mind from Monday's pod, the um, the uh, festival style toilets at Bracknell. Um, what are the worst toilet facilities you've ever encountered at a ground? Or if you don't want to embarrass any individual club, um, what's the worst journey you've ever had, home or away? Barnsley. Yeah, I knew you'd say this. Just talk us through why Barnsley is so bad. It's basically it's condemned, wasn't it? I understand you're in. Uh, no, it's just like going back in time, Barnsley. Yeah. Um, they're just out outside urinals, just like literally a, a brick wall that's got a, a small bit of of privacy, and uh, yeah, just have a little wee up there. We on a wall? Why not? Um, right then, that's that one done. Let's move on. Worst okay. journey home was probably the time Andy decapitated a deer. Oh, of course, yeah, the deer hunter. <laughs> uh, right then, where are we? Let's do another football one. Um, the sweet Welsh prince wants to know, and I'm going to again stick with you, Stewie, because you you wrote a story around this originally. Um, Harvey Davis wants to know: Do any of the kings ever wonder why we've not loaned any United youngsters since McKenna came in? I know Alvaro Fernandez now at Preston was heavily linked last January, but nothing came of it. I've heard a few say they charge crazy fees and don't offer mates rates. Obviously, we did a story. Uh, was it Charlie Savage you wrote? Um, being linked to town, uh, and clearly there's a pathway there with McKenna and, and his links to the United Youth setup. Is it surprised you he's not brought in any any ones from that direction? A little bit, but I guess if uh, if you're the top level United talent, that they'll be looking to get them at Championship clubs. Fernandez, you've you've just mentioned, um, and then the next tier down are the are the younger ones, and do Ipswich want? You know, there's then the question mark: Is Charlie Savage at 18 better than Cameron Humphreys? And you're talking about um, pathways and blocking pathways and, and things like that. So, uh, if Ipswich get promoted, as we all hope they do, I would imagine then that opens a few more doors to get, you know, potentially one of Man United's best or better under 23 players. Maybe, maybe next season we'll see. Okay, Rossi, I'm going to come to you. Lee wants to know, and we talked about this before you joined us, when you're, you're doing your personal stuff. Um, do you think we'll see the Wes Burns of last season back now that the potential World Cup call-up's been put to bed? So we know Wes won't be going to Qatar. Well, does that mean that he's going to find last season's form at town? Um, possibly, because maybe that's been a burden on his shoulders, maybe. Like, oh, I don't want to get injured just in case I am going to get called up. So... That could be the case. Um, I just think all over the pitch, we've just got better, haven't we? Like the left side has been, it's been cracking. Leaf Leaf Davis has been amazing. So I don't, I don't think he's been, you know, poor Wes Burns. He just not hasn't hit the heights of last year. Um, and I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll have a, he'll have a patch. Everyone has a, you know, a purple patch in the season where, you know, has a great. You know, I'm, I'm I think he's gonna once again, second half of the season, he could be the superstar again. So let's see. I was looking because obviously I was writing a bit around him missing out last night. We say he's not hit the heights, but he's still got three goals and four assists in seventeen games. So you know he has he's certainly been contributing. Uh, maybe just not, maybe not to the standout one man team almost level of, of last season. Uh, Mike, it's a good one for you. <clears throat> James Stevenson wants to know: Would promotion back to the championship really be viewed as as success, or just the return to normality and the start of hard work? He says, for me, there's no success until we're back to realistically expecting to challenge for Premier League promotion and smashing the Canaries 5-0. So, James, living in the past a little bit there, I might suggest. Um, 
What do you reckon, Mike? Because my personal view on this, and I don't know if you agree, town have had no success for years. So any success is success to be getting excited about, getting promoted if they do it. It's almost a quarter of the century since town managed to do that. So, yes, it's from League One into the Championship, but this is what being football fans all about. You have to celebrate success whenever it comes, whatever level. That's what I'd say. What about you, Mike? Well, I'm sorry. You have to disagree with you completely. Um, okay. J- James is completely correct. You know, <laughs> this, this, this sort of this, this low bar we've rather set <clears> ourselves <throat> over the last sort of goodness knows how. It's, it's, it's got to stop. You know, it's, it's got to stop. You know, getting back in the championships, what we should do. Yes, it'd be a, it would be a, quote, successful season by getting promotion, uh, of, you know, by beating Accrington, Fleetwood and all these other teams. We're, we're sort of not Forest Green, Rovers, Morecambe and getting out of this league. Yes, fantastic. So it is, it'll be successful from the point of view you've got. But success has got to be heading towards the Premier League. That's success. You've got to be in the championship playoffs minimum. That's where we want to be. Then we're starting to talk of success. Um, yeah, well, I, I remember us beating the Canaries 5-0. So, I mean, you know, this was this was only, what, 20 or plus years ago. It wasn't 1954. I mean, you know, it was only, what, 98 or 97, 98, whatever it was. So, yes, if we could, if town got promoted, it would be, yeah, you're going to ride it down, aren't you? Of course we are. We're going to remember this promotion season. And that would be nice. But I'm sorry, success has got to be a lot higher bar than getting out of League One. We're definitely going to write it down, Mike, if they do get promoted. And, and do I'm going to celebrate it. Yeah, <laughs> I've uh, I've had 12, 13 years of nothing. Um, it's a success to me. You're you're right. I know what people saying about the low bar and its perspective, and let's not all get our panties in a twist about beating Bracknell in the FA Cup and blah blah blah. It's um, it's success. It's getting success promoted is, yeah. is is success. That how many times have Ipswich been promoted in their history of ad seasons? Mm. You know that will be, but it's not going to yeah. rank. It's not going to roll off the tongue in terms of sixty two, seventy eight, eighty one. 23 like it's not it's not going to enter that hall of fame is it but but the more you get relegated the more you get relegated the more chance you have of promotion that's the only thing (laughs) yeah but if you if you can only judge success by what town have done in the past that's never happening again they're never winning the fa cup again you would think certainly probably not in my lifetime they're never going to win a european competition again so if if you only measure that bar as success you will never celebrate anything in ipswich town Manchester, Manchester City were in League One about 20 years ago. Well, they were, yeah. <clears throat> this seems to be a modern phenomenon now. I think there's, there's quite a few pundits now that quite quickly go, oh, I didn't like the celebrations at the end when so, you know Arsenal scored a last-minute winner and they celebrated like it was the World Cup. You know That was Roy Keane's favourite party piece. And now quite a few other pundits are, are, are following suit with that. Hmm. What, when did we decide what we're allowed to celebrate? in football surely you can you're allowed to enjoy every moment you know if there's a game doesn't matter who you beat if it comes in dramatic fashion that that is that is football you have to enjoy every bit of success at whatever this is where Ipswich Town are at at the moment the only thing they can do this year is get promoted that will be a success is there anyone if you think for one minute if there's anyone within that football club that then will put their feet up and go great job done we're back in the championship they are hungry for more that this club from the owners down, are desperate to get back to the promised land of, of the Premier League and everything. But that doesn't mean that we, we should just sort of dismiss whatever happens this season because um, it's not easy to get out of this division. We've seen that now. Good question, James. Provoked some good debate there. Let us know what you think about that. Um, I'm sure people have views on both sides. Uh, Ross, RPS Media wants to know, who are your top three football pundits and why? He says you can't vote for any other king. I'm not sure we qualify as as pundits, I don't really know what the, the definition of pundit is, but I'm not sure that 
That's us. Um, Ross, there's a lot of pundits out there, more mm. than ever. Who, who are your favourites? They don't have to be current pundits. Have you got a favourite from the past? No, I won't, I won't name the controversial ones, of course. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Ian Wright's got to be up there. Not because, of, because you know, Monday, I met him on Monday, but it's just, mm. you know, he's, he's, a, he's a laugh, isn't he? He's, he's a lad. I um, mean, he's got a great story. Um, but, do you know what? I know once this, this actually can be controversial. You know what? Roy Keane, because... He, he says some good stuff. He, he knows his stuff as well. You know, he's won everything. So, and the third one, hmm, you know what? Mika Richards, because him and Roy Keane, bit of banner there. So, yeah, those Mick, three. Mika Richards is everywhere, isn't he? He's like, yeah. he's he's omnipotent. He's literally over everything now. Uh, and he is obviously a big character. Um, I would, if we're talking old school, I really used to like Graham Taylor when he did punditry. I thought he was really good. Um, I really like Alex Scott now. I think she's very good. Um, how about you, Stewie and Mike? Uh, I quite like I quite like Graham Sooners. I think Graham Sooners. <laughs> sort of, uh, so, yeah, of course you Graham like Graham Sooners. <laughs> centre midfield, winning captains of winning teams. Yeah. Don't get me going about Robbie Savage. So <laughs> when I talk about, I want to hear from people who have been successful and have. And have done it at the highest levels. Of course, you like Sunis. And quite like Danny Murphy as well, actually. Quite like the, Danny world, the world's angriest man, Graham Sunis. Uh, Stewie, any to add? Uh, I'll come at this from a slightly different angle. I, I, I like the guys <clears throat> that do their research and the, the people that I've kind of dealt with at, at the sort of football league level. People like Scott Minto, Danny Higginbottom. Um, players who've had good good careers but have really thrown themselves into the research and, and punditry. They're guys that will that will ring me ahead of Ipswich games and, and talk for for half an hour, an hour to really sort of delve deep into to, to what's happening. You you see sometimes at lower league level, football league level, some pundits sort of rock up and you can quite clearly tell that they they watch Premier League week in, week out, haven't really done their research and, and wing it a little bit. So people like that that really Really put the uh, the hard yards in. Who did we see recently? The um, former Shrewsbury midfielder who did uh, former Shrewsbury and Wolves, whose name escapes me. I apologise. He did the uh, he did one of the Ipswich games recently and was was really well researched. Dave Edwards. There you go. He was uh, he's he's another one that uh, had had done his homework. So yeah, I've got respect for people like that that, that don't suddenly just think oh former player i'll just walk into the media they treat it properly like a second career i'll tell you who else is very good if you go drop down the national league that's adam virgo adam virgo is is a guy who really knows his stuff and national league is on bt sport do a lot of national league games live i saw south end versus Notts county midweek 2-2 excellent game and Virgo's always very very good knows his stuff is there anyone you really don't like boys you would say robbie savage mike any others? I, I, well, yeah. Staying quiet. Very wise, Watto. <laughs> in terms of research, just bring this in. A message from a, a member of the KOA Army, Paul Drury, says, just want to let you know of a famous listener. I was watching the international coverage of the Bracknell game. I live in New Zealand, he says. And Martin Tyler was commentating. He'd obviously been listening to the pod as research because he dropped in anecdotes about driving tractors on the pitch the, the Bracknell coach is being told that Arsenal lost to Ipswich and others that I can't remember right now. 
He, unfortunately, he didn't acknowledge the source material. Keep up the good work. There you go, Martin. Thanks for listening. It's all right, isn't it? Arsenal lost to Ipswich. What, what do you not remember? There? Do you not remember on, on the pod? Kane broke to Kyle. Oh, the, oh yeah. of course, yeah. The Arsenal you were, you were, at, final, you were actually yeah. on yeah, the yeah, pod. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, right then. Uh, where should we go with this one? This is a good one. Mark Beck, Ross, it's a music one. One for you. With the improvements being made to the pitch and the potential for more big gigs coming back to Portman Road, there are a lot of kind of entertainment things coming out of Portman Road these days, aren't they? Which is uh, interesting. Who would all be? Who would be all your dream band slash singer to perform at Portman Road? And he says brackets Ed Sheeran excluded, as it's an easy answer. I know you wouldn't say Ed Sheeran, Ross. Um, who would you? Who would you dream of seeing at Portman Road? It's got to be my girl Rihanna. It's got to be Rihanna, Rihanna all day, umbrella and all that. Umbrella and all that, yeah, of course. That's <laughs> what we always say about Rihanna. That would be the name <laughs> of her tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Umbrella and all that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, back in the day, we had Elton John. There was Pink did a concert there, didn't Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. So there have been a few big names. Well, Rod Stewart, yeah. Um, Mike, famously a musical man. Who, who would you like to see play Portman? I'd Road? like to see, I would like to see Portman Bon Jovi. I think that'd be absolutely Ooh. excellent. Bon Jovi. And if, and I'd just be up there for living on a prayer. And as soon as they played that and I banged my head and done everything else, I'd just go off and uh, go and get a kebab. Because that's all I'd really <laughs> want to do. I mean, that's a, what a, what a record. What a tune that is. You know, just what a tune. What a tune. Bon Jovi, Rihanna, two very different types of music. Uh, Stewie? Um... If anyone's seen Arcade Fire play live, they're they're a great watch. They're very energetic. They're they're a good stadium band. Um, who else? I'd like to see Block Party play the entirety of Silent Alarm. Okay, could you could you speak in English, please? I mean, what, 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 what's, I mean, I know I'm, I'm twenty years older than you or whatever. But I mean, why aren't you saying things like I don't know? There's so many bands you could have said. You've you've just named three. Well, I'm sure they're very who? good. But... Uh, get Oasis reformed. Get them at that's, Portman that's Road. That's right. Something like that. Or the Beatles. Oh no, they can't do them. Um, things like that. Yeah, that would be my answer. Oasis. I, I, I'm with oh. Mike. Block Party, Arcade Fire. Nonsense. Get Oasis back. Proper band. <laughs> Let's have them reformed. Who would you definitely not like to see at Portman Road, Ross? You'd probably would say Ed Sheeran there, would you? Ah, uh, it'll be a nice thing. I'm sure a lot of people will go go and see that. Um, not. Um... Mm, I don't know, to be honest. I think they'll just take whatever at a Portman Road. I think, you know. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. It, it just needs to be good. So, yeah. But block Party, though, they're, they're good bands, too. So, but stop stop listening to these geezers, you know. Yeah. All right. Depends how, you, depends how you define music, I suppose. Um, we know Andy would want Sigur Ross at Portman Road. N- nice hot chocolate and, and blankets all around. Listen to a bit of Sigur Ross. Uh, where are we? Stewie, Barn Yee wants to know. This is hypothetically, don't panic. McKenna leaves at the end of the season for a championship club, having failed to get us up. Who of our squad does he take with him? Essentially, who are McKenna's favourite players? Morsey. Morsey would be the first name that comes to my mind. He's his his trusted captain, someone who's who's, uh, done it at championship level. Probably, Probably would quite like Leif Davis, but how obtainable he would be. I think Ipswich would, would be able to sort of uh, hold on to him, hopefully. Um, I don't think there'd be a mass exodus of, of Ipswich players and going going with McKenna. I think he'd probably um, 
you know, start again with with what he got elsewhere. I don't like this hypothetical scenario, though. No, <laughs> not bad, one isn't it? bit. You'd be worried about Walton as well, surely. Yeah, Walton would be another one. Right then, a couple more questions. Uh, I'm going to finish with that one. That's a good one. Let's do this one. Uh, Nigel G, friend of the show, fan of Billy Bass. Um, he says, you're trapped in a room and not allowed out until five tasks are completed. Five kings, five tasks. One task per king. A bit like celebrity get me out of here, which I don't know if you're watching, but last night was brilliant. Matt Hancock in the jungle. Absolutely incredible TV. Uh, who will do this, each of the ta- What? This sounds more like Taskmaster. It could be. Yeah, yeah. If, if if we qualify as comedians, that's also brilliant. A brilliant series of that one at the moment. Big fan of Fern Brady. Um, who will do each of these tasks? These are the tasks. Eat five Mars bars in under two minutes. Obvious one there. Score 180 with three darts. Anyone can do that. Pass a driving theory test. Obvious person not to do that. Uh, shear a sheep in under 10 minutes. Going to be outside of our comfort zone, all of us, I reckon. And sit in an ice bath for 10 minutes. Right, I reckon that there are some obvious ones here. Eat five miles while in under two minutes. That would be Ross all day long. Just smash those to pieces. He'd probably do 10. Yeah. Um, sit in an ice bath. That's Hutchie. That would be his natural habitat, um, especially if we'd made him cycle to Portman Road in the heat beforehand. So that leaves us with score 180 with three darts, pass a driving theory test, and shearing a sheep. Um, what do you reckon, Mike? I want to see Mike take on the sheep, just for yeah. comedy value. <laughs> Yeah, you up for that? I am, mate. Actually, I, I absolutely like to do that. Is, that's exactly what I'd like to do. I'd like to get hold of the thing, and I'd like to get my, <laughs> I'd like to get my manscaped shears. Yeah, yes. Would, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. That's a bonus point for me. Yeah. A manscaped shears, and I would have that thing sheared within twenty-five <laughs> seconds, and then I'd go and sit in an ice bath with Andy. That's what I would do. Manscaped are missing out on a trick there, aren't they? Maybe they yeah. could they could um, expand into the world of sheep shearing. If you're exactly. just tuning in, Mike says he wants to get his hands on it and shear it in 25 seconds. He's talking about sheep. That's what he's talking about. We are talking about manscape, but we're talking about sheep as well. Yeah. Um, Stu, that just leaves us then with uh, passing a driving theory test. One of us could maybe do that for Rossi uh, and scoring 183 darts. Well, you hate darts. <laughs> so maybe I don't, maybe ha- I I don't hate darts. Da- I don't hate Andy's, darts. It's just Andy's, not a sport. You do hate darts. Andy's Andy's quite good at darts, or so he tells me. So I think he, if he was here, he'd be pushing to to take on the darts challenge. But okay. we need him in the bath, so I'll I'll take the darts if you want. And um, that just leaves me with a theory test. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Done. Quite, I quite like that. There we go. Right then, final question, and it's from our esteemed one of our esteemed sponsors. We've already mentioned one of them, Manscaped. Use the code KOA, Manscaped.com, twenty percent off and free delivery. And now we, we mentioned another, me and Roscoe, branded up to the nines. We've got no shame, ginger pickle. What was your, what was your, your tagline, Mike, ginger pickle? If you like your pickle ginger, search for ginger pickle. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, the man behind ginger pickle is Tony Southgate, and he's asked for me the question of the week, and I'm not just saying that because he's paying us. If they were to make a film about the KOA team, which actors do you think they'd get to play you? He's been very generous here, boys. Uh, feel like Jason Statham would be good for Stu. That's I'll take it. Yeah. I mean this this is a this is this is huge, this one. I'm not sure we've got the budget for this. It's obviously a really big budget film. Robert De Niro for Mike. Yeah. Wow. 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 Uh and Michael Michael Sarah for Ross. <laughs> Back in his, his sort of super bad days. <clears throat> not sure on Mark and Andy. Uh so I mean, Mike, Robert De Niro, 
one of the greatest actors of all time. We, if you look over his kind of recent catalogue, um, how would you feel about that? De Niro mm. playing you, famously bad-tempered, mm. angry man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'd take that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, you know, not saying I'm not going 100 percent on it to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, because I'm a bit of a Tom Cruise fan, me. And <laughs> yeah, of course I, you are. And, yeah. Yeah, and I think you know De Niro's all right, but he's a bit. Yeah, you know, I'm not quite. I'm not quite as grizzly as, as he can be. I mean, Cruz is more. Cruz is me. You know, he's sort of he's he's tall and he's sort of like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's bubbly and laughable and he's and he gets stuck in. That's what he does. And a few good men. You look at that courtroom. Here we go. Here we go. He gets stuck into that. Say code red. Red. Go. Did you order a code red? That's Tom Cruise and that's me and Jack Reacher. I mean, that's me all over, jumping and leaping around and yeah. So yeah, yeah. De Niro fine, but yeah, I like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, what is he, about five foot seven, famously picked himself to play six foot five, double hard Jack Reacher. Um, interesting bit of casting that. Tom Cruise, while we're talking about him, I would argue is the last great movie star. That's what I'm saying. Um, Rossi, Michael Sarah, what are you saying? Yeah, or I can't say his last name, but the guy from The Hangover, <clears throat> Zach, you know, the rest. Gal- Galifianakis. Yes. So, he's yeah, got- he's got a beard. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's, he's stupid like me. So you're not stop talking about yourself <laughs> in this way, Ross. What you say you about yourself is you. What you say I'm about clumsy. yourself is I'm reflected. Clumsy. I'm clumsy. There you go. I'm clumsy. clumsy. Okay. Well, okay. Right. Fine. Stewie's Jason Statham. There's a limited pool. I'll of take it. Maybe. I mean, Harry yeah. Hill would maybe be <laughs> more likely, but I'll take That's, Statham. What a film this would be with Harry Hill playing alongside Robert De Niro or Tom Cruise. That would be unexpected. How about how about me and Hutchie actors? Got a couple for Hutchie. I was thinking of yeah. maybe a <clears throat> Seth Rogen or a Jonah Hill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that would probably work actually. Seth. Uh, Jonah. I'd say Jonah Hill actually. Those two. I reckon. Yeah. Um, and then then for me, Clint Eastwood. You <laughs> make good. You make good Clint Eastwood. Your cigar hanging out your gob as you wander in with your big boots on into some sort of wild west. You get your yeah. little tip of the whiskey. You have your cigar. <laughs> you stand there. You say. Get off my horse. Or was that that was somebody else? That was John Wayne. Anyway, yeah. so we'd have to one. we'd have to I've retro age Clint Eastwood, who's now what is he about 90? Um, although to be fair, his knees are probably better than mine. Uh, <laughs> Rossi, who have you got? You're welcome, Heafy. George Clooney. Oh, come on, Ross. Oh, <laughs> stop it, Ross. Oh, stop it. it. What? George Clooney? What? Oh, yeah. Well, I suppose so. Got yeah. a little bit of something on your nose there, Ross. <laughs> a bit brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, Ross, stop it. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, pathetic, right Ross. Absolutely pathetic. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Mailbag. Uh, George Clooney, Robert De Niro, Harry Hill, Michael Serra. Jonah Hill. What a, what a film that would be. Um, the Kings of Anglia, the, the true story. Uh, right then, friends. Um, all that leaves us then to discuss is a, a big gear change now from George Clooney and Robert De Niro to Cheltenham at home on Saturday. Um, I'm going to start with you, Stu, because you lead this brain trust. Cheltenham at home. First time it feels like in years that Town have played at home. How are we feeling about this one? Yeah, loads of home games coming up now, isn't it? Five in the next six, <clears> potentially more, depending on what, what what happens with the in the FA Cup. Um, game Ipswich really have got to win, haven't they? Um, Cheltenham went out of the FA Cup to Alverchurch at mm. home at the weekend. Beware the wounded animal, possibly, but even so, Ipswich uh, should be going and beating a team like Cheltenham. I know they drew nil nil. Well, they drew nil nil at Portman Road against them back in February. 
looking back on that game, had a ton of chances in the first half, really, really should have won that game. Um, and then we got the, the time-wasting tactics and Michael Duff talking afterwards about the Ipswich fans being more interested than in his side than supporting their own. Um, Duff's obviously left now, gone to, to Barnsley. They've got Wade Elliott in as their manager. Um, yeah, they've, they've got a fight on their hands to, to stay in the division again, like, like last season. They've lost some big players over the summer. I think four of their players from last season are in the championship now. Will Boyle went to Huddersfield. Mac Pollock's loan finished. He's back and playing for Watford. Callum Wright in midfield. Um, he was on loan at Leicester. Is at Blackpool now. Um, Atete, the striker they had on loan from Tottenham. He's playing for Cardiff now. So they lost some big players over, over the summer. Alfie May, their, their talismanic striker, um, has only just come back from injury. He was stretched off at the start of this month. Uh, in a game against Shrewsbury, they talked about him being out for a minimum of eight weeks. He's uh, he came back off the bench against Alverchurch at the weekend, but I think that was a kind of a, a needs must, right? We need to get ourselves out of jail. Let's chuck on a, a half fit at best. Alfie May, um, Ryan Jackson, their, their right wing back, is, is one of their key players. He went off with a, with a back injury in, in that game. So all things considered, I think Ipswich should be in a really good place to uh, to hopefully go and win this game. I'm really pleased I started with you, Stu. We talked about research and thankfully you've done some. Um, Mike? They've just lost to Alf Church at home. Alf Church, as I believe, they're the same level as Needham, aren't they? Needham and and Brown. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, yeah. Alf Church is the same level as Needham Market and Layston. Yeah, playing the same league as Needham Market and Layston. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that was a. I, I saw. This, I don't know if you saw the. So we saw the celebrations and the stuff. Of it was great. I mean, Alva Church, brilliant. Alva Church celebrations were wonderful. As they final also went, they all swallow dive towards their fans. They took. They took fifteen hundred fans um, to Cheltenham wow. Church. Um, wow. Their average attendance is three hundred and fourteen. So I did a bit of research on that before the match. So that's extraordinary. They took like five times the amount of fans they have. So, but to lose at home, you know, to, to a non-league side like that, that's a that's a poor result. Um, um, I, I believe just a little. They're, they're, they've only won a one match away from home this season, Cheltenham. Um, so they are you know it's got it's got to be a town where you, you can't look at you can't look past that if it's just serious contenders which they very much are for automatic not just top six automatic you've got to win these games and, and Ipswich have shown no reason I mean they had the Lincoln blip but they show no reason why they won't win on Saturday and um yeah I'm I'm, I'm expecting I'm expecting a town victory I don't mm. think they're a park the bus side like Lincoln even last season with the nil nil they you know they gave it a bit of a go and even in the second half could have could have nicked something themselves um I think they're a bit more open than that. Um, maybe, maybe they'll adapt off the back of that result and and see what Lincoln dig at Portman Road. But I think their 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 instincts are to try and play a little bit, and that, and that invariably plays into Ipswich's hands when when teams try and try and sort of uh, play them at a football game. That'll be, that'll be interesting to you because you said something extremely perceptive a few weeks ago on the show about the, the toughest games ahead, maybe for town, maybe games like this at home mm. against sides who maybe won't come with that much ambition. And we'll sit and say, right, break us down, see what you can do. Um, so we will see. On paper, this could be one of those games, as you say, maybe maybe a bit more ambition from Cheltenham, given what's just happened to them. Um, Team-wise, then, Sue, we always have to have this chat. What do you reckon McKenna will do with the t- side? Um, probably the usual, sort of the, the, the normal sort of defensive midfield core with, with a bit of rotation up front. Um who knows what we'll go with as his front <clears throat> front three. I'm trying to think who started 
on Monday night now. We had what did we Ladapo. Edwards, yeah, Ladapo. Ladapo's got four in his last three. Has he done enough to to get that starting spot up front? Tyrese John Jules missed out on Monday night with a bit of a hamstring issue. He wasn't in the squad. I don't know how severe that is, so we'll find out a bit more on that one tomorrow. So every chance Ladapo starts up, up front in this one, you'd think his confidence should be can we should be quite high. Can we have that chat then? Ladapo is, is, is in a decent run of form. Um and and yet which was the game recently where he got dropped. He just scored was it just scored two goals and then got dropped. Was it uh I'll say Charlton off the top of my head. But I was really surprised to see him not in the starting lineup. We talked about it in the run up to the game, how he surely would be starting. Um Mike, as I say, you you've written about, about this. Your striker is scoring, strikers feed off confidence. He's got a start, hasn't he? Well, I, I mean, you, you can't you can't knock anything McKenna's done, can you? I mean, that's he's 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 mixing it up the way he wants to mix it up, and so that he's not. It's just interesting. Ladapo has suddenly hit a little bit of form and suddenly finding the net. What I like about Ladapo's goals, I'm seeing, is that him getting in that six yard box. These tappings that people sort of sort of half go off oh, a tap in. That's not the point. That's where he is. That's where he is, and he's thumping them in from twenty yards outside the box at Charlton. He's just starting to build a little bit. Uh, there's 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 mistakes in him still, and there's mischance in him still. Will McKenna start going for a regular starting striker? That's the question, I think. There's nothing to suggest you suddenly will because the way Ipswich Town are going this season, why would you suddenly change anything? You know, it's, you don't have to suddenly change. But I don't know, has Ladapo now, you know, is he now becoming the main man? I mean, it's, you know, he's scoring goals, isn't he? And that's what he's there to do. It was it was Charlton. I've just gone back. He scored twice at Port Vale, didn't he? And then got dropped for Charlton. He so hasn't started back to back league games since August. Mm. No. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, um, Rossi. Any any thoughts on this? I know you famously don't like talking about teams or lineups. Leave it to the bosses. What you say. Leave it to the boys to talk about. And I'll just say I agree. Um, what What do you reckon? Where would you stand on Ladapo and anyone else you would be playing in this game? Yeah, Freddie's got to start for me. Um, scoring goals, leading the line. So that, that's it, really. Just yeah, mm. and anyone else can. Yeah, they can play if they want. But Freddie's the man. <laughs> Excellent. That'd be a, that'd be a team talk, wouldn't it? Right then, boys. Yeah. Freddie Lavadapo is definitely playing. Anyone else can play if they want. Who's up for it? <laughs> me, me, Gaffer, me. Uh, okay, so we're all saying Lavadapo to start. Who else would you would you definitely be playing, Stewie? We know pretty much the, the rest of the side. Is there anyone? Well, we talked about Wes Burns, haven't we? Get yeah. him, get him back out there and and see how fired up he is after the disappointment mm. of, of not making the Wales squad. I'm sure he'll play. Um, Connor Chaplin will probably come back into the team. I thought we talked about Carl Edwards being quite lively on on Monday. I wonder if he might might get a start on on the left, or whether it will be Marcus Harness. Um, I think I'd be leaning more towards Carl Edwards at this moment in time, as well as Humphreys has done. You'd imagine it will be the Morsey Ball central midfield and Leaf Davis back in, and as you say, that sort of familiar core of, of a team that that we've seen. Okay, prediction time, Mike. It's just Town v Cheltenham, Portman Road. What's going to happen? I think Town will win 2 0. 2 0. Siri? I think Town will win 2 0. 2 0. Roscoe? 4 0. 4 0. Oh, wow. Ladapo <laughs> hat trick. There we go. Wow. I reckon, I reckon Wes Burns is going to be flames in this game. Something to prove. Uh, I'm going to say, I'll split the difference and say 3 0. That'd be good. But we're all saying wins. Hopefully, we're all correct. Siri, I know you've got to shoot off in a couple of minutes. Um, so we'll wrap this up now. Just very quickly, just tease ahead to what you're about to do. Uh, yes, Ipswich next league game is away to Exeter. 
uh, lunchtime kickoff in front of the Sky cameras. Uh, Andy and I are about to have a chat with David Earl, who you, uh, the comedian, an actor that you might know best from being in the various Ricky Gervais sitcoms, Afterlife, and whatnot. He's the guy with the the beard who plays the the slightly uh, grubby side character. But um, uh, he's he's the reason we're speaking to him. I should explain is that he has become an Exeter City fan in the last couple of years. He, he runs a podcast called My New Football Club. So. We're having a chat with David ahead of that game. Something a little bit different. Of course, there's a Gervais link. Of course, there is. Is it just going to be you sitting and just quoting office things back at each other for it, an hour it or so? Could descend into that. <laughs> okay, we'll put that out hopefully next week in the run up to the game. That should be good. Look out for that. Rossi, you've got fan social tonight. Who's on that? Uh, Mark Beck, Mike Turbot making his debut. Oh, no, nice. that'll um, be good. That'll be very good. So the Mark and Mike connection mm-hmm. and um, Tom Can, who's actually a reporter with us at the paper, but he's also a town fan. So he's making his debut as well. Have you got the bleep button ready for Mike when he starts going? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he'll be sensible. He'll be a sensible man. I'm sure he will be a sensible man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to him shaving his head at the end of the season. I've not forgotten about that, Mike. Um, right then, friends, any other business before we, we head off? Mike, have you got anything else to mention? How are pre-Christmas sales of the book going? I assume it's shooting up that bestseller chart yes a very uh, very good very thanks to to john our, our, our koa ah, koa big KOA big john fan, yeah. big john for his very kind words that he put on twitter he said yes you can yeah, amazon 38 sleeps um not that i'm desperate for any extra christmas revenue but if you can buy it um i'll be very grateful and i'll, I'll give um no royalties to anything um so um <laughs> there you go so there you go being perfectly honest but no everything's going well thank you uh Heath. yeah looking forward to uh looking forward to Ipswich, uh, getting three points so that'd be very nice I'd, nice little it's nice little three points that'd be very satisfactory excellent help put a fourth turkey on mike's christmas table by his book um he shouldn't have to eat three four is what he wants uh friends that brings us to the end of this show all that leaves us to say then really is to support our sponsors obviously we've already mentioned manscaped use the code co at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free delivery and also, Ginger Pickle. If you like your pickle ginger and you want some help with your digital marketing, go to Ginger Pickle and Tony Southgate. They are the boys. They are the goats of digital marketing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm wearing a hoodie that says Ginger Pickle on it. Um, also, obviously, follow us across all social media, Kings of Anglia on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Remember to enter the competition to win tickets for Fleetwood. Two pairs of tickets available through Ginger Pickle. Um, that's all on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us and find out how to do that. Uh, and have a great weekend friends we'll be back to speak to you next week after town play Cheltenham have a great weekend and we'll speak to you again from true crime to football Brexit to postal more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
exit to Podgol. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.